Und willkommen to Sharktoberfest, the show where we watch shark movies and we pair them with Oktoberfest beers and then we just give you a bunch of information whether you like it or not. My name is Logan Nielsen, I'm one of your hosts, and joining me as always is my co-host and resident Meister Dustin Pixley. Hello, Dustin. Hello, Logan. How are you, my friend? So good. How are you? I'm doing good, man. You feel the energy? I'm, I came in, came in strong with that one. I'm ready to roll. It is coming off of you in waves. Yeah, man. Feeling it. I don't know. I'm in a, I'm in a good mood. I've been excited. Uh, you know, give a little inside juice. We, uh, I guess, it hasn't been that long. It's been a, a few days since we recorded. It's felt like a couple weeks. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah. Hasn't it? A little bit, yeah. It's been like four days. It has, too, and I've been like waiting. I'm like, God, I can't wait to record. It's been so long, but no. I think it feels longer, too, because like me and Jess went on a little trip for a few days, and I, I know this doesn't make sense like in the middle of the week, but um, we're recording this in a weird uh, order, I guess, or in a weird timeline. So that's that's the inside juice you get, and we like to reveal a little bit as we go. Got to peel back the curtain. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Give just, a to, just to give, give you a peek. Just to, quick, just to open up the dick door for a second. <laughs> um but yeah uh we are we're in the middle of week two yes week two (laughs) sharktoberfest is this magical time where you completely uh, lose sense of all reality space and time around you um and you just wonder what you've done with your life (laughs) not only us but the people listening at home as well yeah yeah i don't they these episodes aren't short, and the people who listen to them, listen to them, and they like them. Makes no sense to me, but here we are. Uh, today, we watched a cartoon. We watched a, a children's film. This is our second, second kids yeah. movie, right? I believe Little Mermaid was our only other one. Oh, Paddington's. Paddington's movies. So but Those aren't cartoons, though. They're not cartoons, but, they're, but they are children. They're, they're family very movies. much family children um, movies, yes. Oh, man, those are good. <laughs> I know. We- you want to talk about Paddington again? Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, hey, they're working on a third, so we yes, will. We I will talk I'm, about Paddington I'm again. I'm genuinely excited for Paddington three. I'm, I am a, I am a, a Fannington. Huh? Oh. Eh? <laughs> um, but we watched Shark Tale, the DreamWorks movie uh, about fish that live in a city. <laughs> and uh, well, we have a lot. To, I, not a lot to say about it, but I have thoughts about it. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but like I said, I took a little trip. Me and Jess, we just we just took a little a little low stakes vacation to a place called Galena, Illinois. Um, if you're in, I say the Iowa, Illinois area, most people know this town because it's known for just being like a cute little weird town. It's a vacation town. Yeah, it's like kind of a little touristy town. But what I what I like about it is there's not a lot you have to do. You know what I mean? It's not a town oh, no. that has like you got to make sure you blank. No, you pretty much go for the shops. Yeah. So you go just to kind of lounge around just all day to, and yeah, check just, things out. To just kind of hang out. They have all these weird little just kind of you know novelty or like antique shops on their main street there, and just a few wineries and a brewery, and you just kind of that's all we did. We just walked around from shop to shop, weird little shops, and just drank all day. We went on a ghost tour, though. Yeah, that was... I tried when we went. Yeah, and we didn't think about it too late. Tickets were sold out. Oh, so. were they? Yeah, that wasn't a problem this night. But it was. It was the the bus was was kind of packed. It was a weird little little ghost tour. Um, 
and it's like they did the whole like the dousing rods, you know, those little rods, and they cross. And and there was there was a guy on it who was using them too. He's like, I don't know, man, that's too much for me because they like crossed a couple times. And I'm I don't know. I I love ghost hunting stuff, but like I'm also a skeptic. So at the end of the two, they're like, if you took any pictures, make sure to keep an eye out for orbs. That means this time. I'm like, no, like that's dust. <laughs> So I'm I'm sitting in there being the like the, the like the like smug like ghost hunting know it all like those aren't really anything. I'm like, what am I doing with myself? Um, but while we were there, uh, we stopped into the Galena Brewing Company, which is so today I'm I'm kind of even though you were introduced as the brewmeister, I'm kind of the brewmeister today. You've taken it over. Um, and I brought this one. I held it up like there was a camera there. <laughs> you did too. I held it up you to the microphone. Yeah, no, you... I I'm an idiot. But I got a growler here, so I'm you know this right here. It even says here, Dustin. It is this is not 12 fluid ounces. 64, at all. Yeah. 64 fluid ounces. So uh, did myself dirty. Um, but this is the Oktoberfest from the Galena Brewing Company. Um, they just had their like Oktoberfest like celebration in town. We had just missed it by a couple days. We missed it by a weekend. They were just having it the weekend after we were oh, there. Oh, so, really? Yeah. But no, it's a nice little town. It's a good little good little nonsense uh, town. President Grant's house is there. Yes, little, yes. A little bit of history. Ulysses S. Grant. Uh, was that his house before he was president or after? His? After. It was after. Okay. Yeah, because we, we went on the tour. Oh, okay. Yeah, we didn't go on the big tour of that. We we didn't even like cross to that part of town because yeah. we were right. Our Airbnb was right on Main Street, so we were just like, oh, let's just walk this every day and yeah. just kind of. Well, we got there too uh, at like six thirty. It was a Monday night, and we got there at six thirty. Um, turns out during the week, Galena closes at like seven. So <laughs> we got there. We were able to get somewhere to get something to eat at a place that closed at eight, and then, <laughs> and then we were just kind of done for the night. It is funny because it's the quintessential old person town oh it's it, that's the thing we were like me and jess were f- very few of the people who were under 50 yeah. there um it's also it's just like a it's those towns that you kind of don't think exist like um think of like you know like gilmore girls or uh you know kind of like the town square of like back to the future and uh like hocus pocus even which is like even though it's salem but like those towns that you like what what they kind of show is like american small well, towns and movies they did shoot some of uh, dream field of dreams they in did Galena. yes yeah. yeah some of the town stuff is yeah. there um like yeah the when it's in the town that he lives in or no is that where they filmed the moonlight graham stuff i think i think that where they went to look for the moonlight graham i think that's yeah. what they filmed in Galena. oh yeah that might be it to nail it down that that's the kind of town it is yeah and that's what i love too is and there's all these like nice little and there's cute little restaurants and stuff too but then also just you see a bunch of different pamphlets for like magicians and hypnotists and tarot card readers like there's this weird like spooky element to galena which i like yeah it's a very old (laughs) town so they lean into the they really do um, but this is the, uh, I guess, yeah, this is just their, their vague growler. So I'm going to have to look up some information. Do you want to, here, why don't you open that, start pouring yourself some out of that growler. Can do. Got a little bit. Yeah, this thing too, it, it, I had to leave it in the car for a bit and it traveled, so hopefully it's, uh, it's good. It's got a nice color. Yeah, I, I, uh, full disclosure, I had some of this and I did enjoy it. However, I was drinking wine all day with Jess, so this is still kind of a fresh tasting for me. We can do a real cheers. We sure can. Ah, that's nice. That's not bad. No, that's really good. You wouldn't, because sometimes the small breweries, you never know what you're getting into. Right. 
But no, this one has that really nice biscuit flavor mm-hmm. that goes throughout the whole thing, too. Mm-hmm. It's not just at the end. It does. You get it a lot in the middle. Yeah. It's um, it's it's pretty. It's crisp. It's clean. It's got a nice little flavor to it. Yeah, I don't taste any off flavors either, and that's a, a big worry with smaller breweries yeah. too. The, the color yeah. is great. The color of it is really beautiful. Yeah, it's 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 pretty red for an Oktoberfest. It, it is, but it, I like it though. I kind of like it too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very into that. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, I enjoy that. Let me see if I can find some information on their Oktoberfest. Fast. Doesn't really look like it. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it is a guarded secret of yeah, Galena. I guess. Um, but the uh, we strive to bring back to Galena some of the rich brewing traditions lost over the past 80 years. Galena was the first mineral rush city in the United States back in the 1820s. It grew rapidly and uh, as the regional capital of lead mining. I remember that. I remember they've mentioned that. Because even on the ghost tour, they just kind of tell you some Galena history. I'm like, this has nothing to do with ghosts. Wasn't there <laughs> a very vast, large river going through Galena way back when? I believe so, yeah. And then it's shrunk I think it, I think it has over the years. I do know also a thing that I don't remember if it was originally Galena Brewing Company or it had a different name. Uh, did you know Red Stripe was actually invented in Galena? No. Yeah. Red Stripe beer actually started in Galena. The Jamaican treat? Yeah. Is American. It's American. It started there. I think it was invented in like the late 1800s. During Prohibition, uh, someone bought it and then moved the operation to Jamaica because you couldn't create beer in America anymore. I guess that makes sense why it's so popular over here. It's one of those nostalgia things for older people, kind of like, you know, hams and uh, grain belts. I think especially too, like, I mean... You know, they're in those cute little bottles. <laughs> I do. I used to like Red Stripe. I haven't had it in. I haven't had it I in years. I remember the last time. But. I've enjoyed it though. Well, I mean, I drank a lot of it when I was like in Jamaica because they do just have it everywhere. Yeah. It is. They're just beer in every <laughs> every store. It's like, yeah, I'll take a Red Stripe. You know. Uh, but yeah, it was actually uh, invented in Galena and then moved to Jamaica. So that was an interesting. That fact. That is very like. interesting. This is a weird Galena episode, but it, you know, we I, just. Well. Part of it too, we said we were going to be trying to uh, spread out and grab beers from other places that we can't really get around here. And this is, here you go. This is a local brew. I don't know if they sell much outside of that region. I don't, region. Think so. I don't, I don't believe they, they distribute do. at all. I don't think they do. I do see it says Galena Moline, so they might have another brewery there, I they assume. Have a, they have another one there in Moline, Illinois. Um, but this one says, so it says established 2009. So I think it's when the company, because I, I did see. I don't have it memorized, but from like their menu when we were there, it said that like the brewery, like I think they took the name that was like one of the old breweries there sure. back in like the 1800s right. or whatever, um, and then was gone for a long time. Like, it's like they said the 80 years, whatever. They have a distilling company there and, and several wineries and like a vineyard outside yeah. of town. So it's like it's not like it's not like Galena's been deprived of booze. No, <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. Um, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm enjoying this. this is, I am too. It's it's really good. It's it's very clean. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. And I was worried crisp. too about it, uh, you know, transferring because then we'd just leave it in the car for like this, the last day we were there and just kind of sit. But no, it's it's still carbed plenty. So hell yeah, it was fun too seeing him because he uh, he poured it and then capped it and then he uh, he took put a hair dryer. Yeah, he took the well. He had like the like oh, he had the a, industrial like uh, oh heat gun heat gun to then melt the plastic on the top and I was like hell yeah all right. I'm like, Dustin would appreciate that. I would. Yeah. No, but it was a nice little place. Um, I guess before we dig into uh, the movie, do we have any 
Hashtag Fresh Fest Facts. Look at you. That's the best you've said it, I think. I think so. Hashtag Fresh Fest Facts. Do we have anything? Of course we do. What do we got? Tell me. Right, learn so we, Learn me something. We watched a cartoon. Yes, we did. What is the most cartoon thing I could think of about Oktoberfest? Uh, the, uh, the Lederhosen? No. The, <laughs> the Chicken Dance. Oh, God. <laughs> That's really good. That's a really good answer. <laughs> God. I love <laughs> what Festmax is becoming. <laughs> it makes me really happy. Wait till next week, my friend. Oh, you got some weird shit? I got another one. It's okay. not as weird, but I like it. It's good. Okay, lay let's it. focus on this week and the chicken dance. The chicken dance. Lay it on me. The, one of the worst things that ever happened to humanity, in my opinion. <laughs> or and Germany's good at producing things that were bad for humanity. Well, yes, it was actually a Swiss song originally. That tracks too. Der Etzentanz, the duck dance. Oh, I'll get into that a little later. Oh, okay, so, okay. Chicken dance also. Over in Germany, known as the bird song or the birdie song or the bird dance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an upa song. I'm sure everyone's heard it if you've been to a wedding anywhere where there's. Well, and we covered too that that umpa is that's what that is. Everyone calls it polka, but actually, this we covered this last year. I yep. can't remember which episode oh. <laughs> at all. Uh, <laughs> I know it was later because it was one of the ones I brought. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, umpa is when you think of like with that jaunty Oktoberfest music. That's umpa music, not polka music. Polka music is part of it and has become popular yes, as but. part of the Oktoberfest celebration. But technically, that German Oktoberfest music is called umpa. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm just helping you out because I realized hey, it was something we'd covered before. I'll need all the help I can get. <laughs> so it was composed by an accordion player named Werner Thomas. Okay. He's from Davos, Switzerland. So that's why it's Swiss. Oh, okay. That was the the hats we covered too. Yeah, There's last a lot of episode Swiss, with uh, Swiss too. Influence they just, just kind of took some Bavarian of that stuff. people, yeah. Because isn't that where fucking Lederhosen, like the 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 bib, like the overalls come from I too? Think Aren't those so. kind of Swiss? Like, must have been a, a massive Swiss immigration to the Bavaria region. Maybe. Uh, so since 1963, Werner Thomas has played it in restaurants, hotels, um, and then a Belgian producer. Louis wait, Vaughan. wait, wait. I'm sorry. I need to stop you. Is this song from the 60s? Yeah. It was uh, originally composed in the 50s. Didn't gain steam till later on. Oh, wow. I, th- I guess I just thought it would be older. I don't know why. Right? We're, it, we're kind of finding a lot of these traditions that we're reading about or are accustomed quite, to are, are fairly modern. Right. I mean, they're in our parents' lifetimes. You know, like that's the. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've noticed that too as I've, we've been doing more research. I'm like, this stuff's fairly new. Yeah. For as long as the festival's been a thing. Because even the fucking hats were like in the 60s, they yeah. took, they like became really popular. Right. Something else that we covered was in the 60s, right? Like, I think so. Huh. Kind of weird, huh? Interesting. I just, I just assumed the chicken dance was older for how fucking terrible it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I guess I just assumed like that's got to be some, some traditional bullshit from the 1700s, but nope, the 60s. Yeah. That's when, Producer Louis Van Rymanent heard the song, and then uh, someone named Van Rymanent, maybe his brother or something, uh, created the lyrics for it in 1970, and that's when they released it, and that's when it started picking up steam. I forget there are lyrics to that fucking song. I also, too, the reason why I hummed the tune is because I just assumed it was public domain, but it's not if it was from the 60s. Yeah. Someone owns the rights to the fucking chicken dance, potentially. It's, so many people have played it and... Re re released it yeah yeah 
1980... <laughs> Who knows what would possess them to do such a horrible yeah, thing. right. <laughs> in the 80s, a Dutch local band, De Electronicas, <laughs> released an instru- instrumental version of it. What, is that the... I, I Here's the thing. I really only know the instrumental version. Yeah. I can't think of how it sounds with lyrics. So they put it on a B-side of one of their albums... And the A side was kind of sucking, so DJ flipped it over, and so then they kind of took off because of the chicken dance. <laughs> and that's so it's it's done this weird thing too, like yeah. in the seventies, the eighties, yeah. and in the nineties. There's this resurgence of the chicken dance. For some reason, it will not yeah, die. Yeah, it's it's one I I I truly hate it. It's a it's a crime, and I hate that people just instinctually start doing it like when it starts playing everyone's like well you gotta do chicken dance no you don't you do not (laughs) well i think djs are trained to wait till everyone's good and drunk before they play it i yeah i mean when i when i got married i'm divorced now but when i got married i had i my cousin dj'd the wedding and i gave him a list of songs that were not allowed (laughs) chicken dance like at the top it was like chicken dance Hokey Pokey, Electric Slide, Cha Cha Slide, and then underneath I wrote, or anything else that could potentially incite line dancing. <laughs> I did not want it. I know it's such a wedding thing, I but I I hate that shit. It's not dancing. It's not real dancing. <laughs> um Yeah, so the that record stayed in the Dutch charts for seven months because of the fucking chicken dance. Like to just listen to it? People listen to it. <sighs> I mean, I guess, you know. That milkshake brings all the boys to the yard song was real popular. That's like a modern day chicken dance, kind of. Yeah. I don't know. There's always cheesy ass songs that catch on. So I, I'm just disappointed in, I don't know, humans. <laughs> so there's there's over 140 versions of it recorded worldwide oh right now. God. And then Walt Disney Records released yeah. it on, I think, a kid's album. So with that, with the Disney and then the 140, 40 million copies have been sold of this song. Wow. Good Lord. What are the lyrics? Do you have the lyrics? I didn't to the chicken know. Dance? Let me look up the lyrics. I, I know the ones that people just like kids just sing when they do it. Yeah. Which is, I believe, uh, I don't want to be a chicken. I don't want to be a duck. I'll just wiggle my butt, I think is. So they do say duck in the lyrics. That, okay. So I have something here too while you're looking. Yeah. And this, I don't know if it's true or not, but it says the dance was reintroduced in the United States in 1981 at the Tulsa, Oklahoma Oktoberfest. And. They were going to put on a show, but they didn't have a duck costume, so someone just put on a chicken costume. Okay. And I think that's maybe where it kicked oh, off. Oh, that's being how it became the chicken the dance chicken here? Dance. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So this is too. Uh, Oktoberfest in Cincinnati, Ohio holds the world's largest chicken dance. At one time, there was 48,000 participants in 94. <sighs> <laughs> That's that's in Cincinnati, you said. Yes. Mm. So we will be checking that out. See, okay. So this is an interesting song too. Okay. So first off, I did look up the chicken dance. Well, it gave me the bird dance song by the Emeralds. I don't know if that's the same one. Is it Birdie Dance? Wow. This this is one of those things that's really hard to actually Google. Because like the Wikipedia is like, oh, it's the chicken dance, also known as the bird song, the birdie song, the bird dance, or the chicken song. Yep. But then you have, like, when I look up lyrics, I'm finding all these different, like, versions of it that are... There probably are, though, too. That's what I mean. So it's, like, it's hard to pinpoint, like, what the lyrics are. What, you know... Originally what they were. And I can't read, you know, Dutch or whatever. 
<laughs> or Swiss. Well, why not? I don't know, man. Haven't gotten to it, okay? Yes, I remember this. Uh, at that one in Cincinnati, uh, Vince Neal of Motley Crue uh, performed the chicken dance, and I remember this. It was... <laughs> Back when VH1 was doing all those like the top 100 most metal things, were, but they it was in the the, the 40 least metal moments of <laughs> yeah, all time. Yes, <laughs> and it was Vince Neil doing the chicken dance at the Cincinnati, Ohio Oktoberfest. Oh, they called the Oktoberfest Zinzinati. Ooh, that's fun. Well, okay. I'm done looking up the lyrics because it, um, it, beca- it quickly became a nightmare. I wasn't expecting it to. Would but... you like me to read the four steps to do the chicken dance? You're going to describe them? Yep. Oh, yes, please. Okay. Step one. Yes. The dancer lifts both hands into the air, opens and closes them as if operating a hand puppet. Parentheses. Simulating a chicken's vocalizations. Mm, yes. End parenthesis. Bird mouth. Four times twice on each beat. Oh, yep. Dun, 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 dun. Yep, that makes sense. Step two. The dancer pulls their hands into their underarms and <laughs> flaps them like a chicken. Yep. Four times. Twice on each beat. <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. That that's that's that holds that, that holds weight so far, yeah. Step three. The dancer wiggles their hips and or shoulders while descending downward for two beats. Yes. I think they mean booty though. Yeah. Uh, that translates to shake your ass. <laughs> yes. Step four, the dancer claps four times. Yep. Repeat yep. until everyone dies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I have on the chicken dance. Wow. Very good. Very good. I was not expecting research on the chicken dance. I wasn't expecting to learn anything about something. Uh, but you know, I feel like as as the human race. I think we learn the most about ourselves from our worst crimes. <laughs> yes. And I think we uh, we just illustrated that here. So thank you, sir. Thank yeah. you. We've for... shown the real dark side yes. of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this <laughs> we we're not... here at Sharktoberfest. We don't have that, you know, that that, you know, rosy view of, you know, no, of world history. We like taking <laughs> the rose colored glasses off. Exactly. We don't, we don't only look at, we don't did this, you know, this, uh, this whitewash, you know, everything was great version of history. We like to really dig in <laughs> to, the, to the, the horrible moments that made us. So we can, cause really you only can learn how to be better if you know what you did wrong. <laughs> and we're looking at you, Werner. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah. War criminal. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, great. Um, oh God, look at how long this opening was. Okay, uh, we should wrap this up. Yes, we should wrap this up. Uh, the movie watched was Shark Tale. Well, you know, not much to say right now until we do it in the next segment. Hey, eh? hey, here we go. Everybody thinks you slayed the shark. And who am I to tell them that they're wrong? No, because you lied to me, no. Oscar. Me. Don't take it personally. Come on, I lied to everybody. All right, look, I'm sorry. I, I totally betrayed you, but but listen, I, I got just one little problem I got to take care of. Oh, what's that? Sharks are coming to get me. And they should. I mean, what'd you expect? You just take credit for killing a shark and then everything be fine and dandy for the rest of your life? Uh, yeah. Ah, uh, Shark Tale. Uh, 2004, 
a computer animated film by DreamWorks Animation, uh, directed by Vicky Jensen, Bebo Bergeron, which is maybe my favorite name we've ever said on this show. Yeah. Bebo Bergeron's really good. And Rob Letterman, starring Will Smith, Robert De Niro, Renee Zellweger, Angelina Jolie, Jack Black, Martin Scorsese, Michael Imperioli's in there, Vincent Pastore. Uh, but the, this would be the most star-studded movie we've ever done. In really? This, show, this is the probably. biggest yeah. ensemble. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, music by Hans Zimmer. I did that. See was that was a curveball. That was. Um, which there's barely any score in this movie. It's mostly just, you know, hip-hop and R&B pop hits of 2003. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's kind of weird that he would decide to do something where he has to do so little. He specifically asked to he asked Jeffrey Katzenberg the head of DreamWorks he said I don't want to do any more Yeah, he wanted a break from from like epic yeah drama movies that he's good at doing, you know, Q Inception. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> but it uh did pretty well. It opened at number 1 uh earning 47.6 million dollars total gross was 374.5 million it was the uh ninth highest earner that year it was nominated for best animated feature at the 77th annual academy awards but it lost to pixar's the incredibles which is correct uh (laughs) that i'm surprised it did that well for being that it's clearly DreamWorks answer to Finding Nemo. Well, and here's the thing. Uh, I found in the research that Finding Nemo and Shark Tale were actually in production concurrently. Oh, okay. I But this came out a year later. It did, yeah. Which, so I just assumed it was their answer. I have the same thing. Which I it probably it, is, because we know how studios get wind of what the other is doing, and they yeah. will put up produce movies about the same time. And Jeffrey Katzenberg said that him and the people at Pixar were like open with each other what their movies were about, which like, I mean, whatever. And these, these really aren't that similar aside Not at all. from being in the ocean, being set in water, starring yeah. fish. Um, it's unfortunate they came out after Finding Nemo because Finding Nemo is not only, I think, maybe Pixar's best movie, but also one of the, you know, it's on the, I would say it ranks up there with like great animated films of all time. Um, and then this one has a lot of pop culture puns in it. Yes. You know, so it's like, yeah, you didn't, like Finding Nemo is no, is, is pretty the, perfect. Yeah, the writing is much better. <laughs> Finding it doesn't Nemo rely is, on yeah. the cheesy jokes. No, the whole time watching this movie, I'm just like, I just want to watch Finding Nemo. Yeah. Because that's a really good movie. I th- we, <laughs> while Megan and I were watching it, we kept talking about Finding Nemo. Yeah. And how yeah. great it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. it's, it's a really good movie. <laughs> Still to this day, as a man in my 30s, I still really love Finding Nemo. Well, there's weight to that, Finding Nemo. Yes, yes. Pixar knows how to make movies. And this is DreamWorks too. They've had success because they had the Shrek movies. I believe this was their highest opening since Shrek 2. So this is like their second, at the time, was their like best animated movie. But like all of their movies are so, they're so pop culture heavy. You know what I mean? Because even the oh, Shrek movies yeah. are all just tons of pop culture always, references. Always referencing something. Yeah. yeah. Which immediately, like now, dates them a lot. Very true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because even watching it this time being like, oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. You know what I mean? Where yeah, like, you're... Pixar's and and these movies too. DreamWorks always makes a, a big meal of who their voice cast is because they always go for like star, you know, voice actors. 
And Pixar does to an extent, but they never they never make it about that. The only one they ever did was Toy Story because they were trying to like, hey, everyone come see this first CG well, yeah, animated they movie. Had to- kick off strong tom hanks tim allen please come come watch his movies ever since then you know look at the movie it lost to at the academy awards the incredibles they never said anything about it starring craig t nelson and holly hunter no they just focused on the movie itself yeah Yeah. and then just they found the right actors for it you know i mean sam jackson that's the thing pixar is really good at that too though yes is they yeah they match their characters with the right voice yes yeah well and and pixar too they their number one goal is story. Story well, above which all else. So very obvious. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and it works for Pixar too because it's fun for the kids. But then as adults, like, yes. it brings you in. Like, they, they, they do. And that you actually raise uh, a point I have about Shark Tale. Because Pixar is really great at telling just a universal story that I think can, any age group can, you can kind of, you know, hit a strike a chord with somebody, no matter what. Yeah. You know, Shark Tale, this specific movie, I don't know who this is for. No, I see where you're going with this because it is weird because the, the references are very adult. Right? The references are very adult. Um, It's a it's a mob movie. Yeah. It's a mafia movie. It's like a parody of like uh, the Godfather and Sopranos. They even originally wanted uh, uh James Gandolfini to play the Robert De Niro oh, really? part. And then the other ones are Vincent Pastore and oh, everyone Pirioli. else from Sopranos. Exactly. Yeah. They were yeah. just trying to cast the cast of Sopranos for it. They were, too. James Gandolfini had to back out for some reason, which is fine. Uh, and then, yeah, then it's like Martin Scorsese's one of the leads into it. You know, you know what kids love? Martin <laughs> Scorsese? <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, kids are just wild about about Robert De Niro and Martin Scorsese and their, their long line of working together. Mom, Ma, Ma Scorsese's in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> and and the whole time, like, all of the jokes are all, like, either in huge pun on yeah. a chain. Yeah, they're like, yeah, advertising, like, pop culture references of the day. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, there's, there's one, I have a whole list of them here. Because, like, one of the first characters we meet is Katie Current, which is yeah. a play on Katie Couric. Who's voiced know. by... Katie, Katie Couric. Couric. But you know, you know how kids love Katie Couric. Um and then Well yeah, while they're eating their tricks, watching Katie spout the news. Yeah. yeah. And then immediately there's a joke about Martha Stewart, but it's Martha Sturgeon and then Muscle Crow, Jessica Shrimpson, Cod Stewart, Seal. You know, yeah. all the kids' favorites. Yeah, exa- so immediately all these jokes are way over the So it's There's a joke about gallop polls, but it's uh, to, due to the latest scallop poll. It's like who is this for? <laughs> it was very clearly written by just like like a couple of older guys who are just like, I don't know, these are cute jokes, right? Like, yeah. For for like adults who it, are, don't catch subtlety. It was definitely two guys pitching jokes back and forth, cracking each other up. Yeah. It'd be like if we were writing it just to try to make each other laugh. Yes, if if we were trying to intentionally write a a, a bad kids movie. Yeah. <laughs> Well, because even right away it starts with uh, one of the first things is the the Joss theme uh, comes yeah. in. The Joss theme plays, and then even the sharks are just like because Jack Black's character is like, I don't like that song, and Michael Imperioli shark goes goes, that's our theme song. Yeah, yeah, a lot of little kids have seen Jaws. You know, I I don't know. It, it's the whole time, and like the the plot too. It's it's all this like mafia intrigue. 
And then also there's a a kind of complex love triangle. Like th- none of this is for kids. None of it. None of it. None is of for it. kids. No, not the story. No. They're they're really just banking on the animation and the fish doing yeah. funny movements. Yeah, kind of. And I think just Will Smith being Will Smith. I think it's yeah. just trying to really bank on that. A takeaway that I found Yes. Why I think this is also not a good kids movie is all the characters are shitheads almost. Except for like Renee Zellweger's character, maybe. Yeah. You know, because like Will Smith's character is horrible in this. Yeah, he's he starts not a good off guy. with a, he has a terrible gambling or debt. Gambling debt, I don't know what kind of debt he has. Or he just borrowed money yeah, from. That's the thing. Everyone owes money to loan sharks yeah. in this. Well, then he takes. <laughs> which are played by actual sharks. He takes that pearl, <laughs> sells it, and then gambles it away. Yeah. And then he lies about killing. He's just a shitty character. Yes. Yeah. So the the, the basic plot is, so there's this, basically a, a city. It's like New York City. There's a literal like fish Times square. And there's, there's actual buildings and furniture and machinery. It's, it's very, you know, it's another thing of like juxtaposing that against finding nemo where they did the joke of like the traffic joke where the fish turns like you know green or whatever but it's just like fish swimming yeah. but it's just in the it's, reef <laughs> it's just in the coral reef so it's kind of just a good little like haha joke about my, like you know hey they they also have this but we we still feel like we're in the bottom of the ocean yes you still feel like nemo yes this one though it's like i i you feel like you're on a different planet you kind of forget well and not just the city but the fish they have like heads and then they have fucking eyebrows yeah, they got human faces. Well, their their fins have hands on them. Yeah, and they and it's weird too because then they just have like flat hands. They look like a like you know like Parappa the Rapper. Do you remember that from PS One? No. It was like the flat little animated like you know kick punch. It's all in the mind. <laughs> Do you remember that at all? I don't think okay. so. But it looks like that. It looks like that kind of flat. It 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 gave me really at one point when like one of the characters, I think either Will Smith's character or Martin Scorsese's character, was talking a lot with their hands. It just made me think of like the Lawnmower Man. <laughs> <laughs> The way it was animated. That's like, dude, this came out a year after Finding Nemo, which still holds up and still looks really good. Oh, yeah. One of the best <laughs> animated movies. Like, this animation ever. already looks pretty dated and kind of crappy. And I, I've never I've never loved DreamWorks animation because even, like, the Shrek movies look a little weird. There's, There's the, something about them. They're not as smooth as Pixar's. Pixar's no. are very smooth and uh, a little more grounded in reality maybe well well, actually i think it's because dreamworks almost tries to make things like they try to make human faces kind of look like human faces so they get a little too close to like uncanny valley problems okay where pixar is great being like oh no we're making cartoons right because even like when even as their people like their animation has gotten better their humans don't look like humans yeah they they keep you in the animated world yeah and that's that's what's smart is that it never feels uncomfortable with dreamworks i get kind of like why does this look this way Pixar, I'd never have that problem. I'm never because even their fish in that one, like they have cartoon eyes, you know, yeah. and they exaggerate the right the right features. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. And, and usually, like eyes is the way to go. If you exaggerate eyes, that's the biggest one. Make them big, make them cartoony. Yeah, that will help. But like when you try to make like kind of human looking eyes, that's why like Polar Express is so weird. Yeah, that's cr- it's creepy. That's a big Uncanny Valley. Yeah, movie. <laughs> those those Zemeckis ones, that and like the Beowulf one he did, yes. where he's trying to make like just people with animation it just never feels right i've seen beowulf and i just the whole time i'm like Mm -hmm. just not i don't feel comfortable i just don't that's the uncanny valley that's what they call it because it's like it's once once something looks human enough but you can tell it's not right that's the uncanny valley 
like uh, uh, like that's kind of the problem. Like those those new like kind of robots they're making, they have like a human face, like a right because you you can tell it's not human, and it upsets you at your core. <laughs> <laughs> but it's trying to be human, and it bothers you. <laughs> just sounds like Skynet to me, my friend. Yeah, yeah. But this movie kind of just looks like one long like kind of. I don't know, video game cutscene kind of. That's you know probably I mean? the best way to put. Yeah, like a PS2 cutscene. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. That's Thank how you. that's how I would I would put it. But the plot is Will Smith. He plays Oscar. This is one I'm definitely gonna just probably lose track of names, and it'll just be the stars' names. So that's just and perfectly that's fine. fine. Um, but he plays Oscar. He's a fish. <laughs> well, sorry, I made myself. No. I don't know why I made myself laugh by just saying he's a fish. Well, let, let's break it down. Break He's it a down. shitty fucking worker. He works at a, not a car wash, but a whale wash. Whale wash. Which the whales land on a giant mechanical hook and are, it's hard, it's, I don't get what is, what their industry is. I guess I don't know what their technological, like, I, oh, whale. That was my glass. Yeah. One sec. Go ahead and pour a little more of that. I know, they're hard. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah. I wanted to do it on mic, but it's not going to happen. No, I know. That's the one thing with the growler is it's it's, it's just, very uncomfortable. It's just hard to pour. One, like, they specifically don't make the little, you know, like... I know the handle's Handle just... wide enough to get your hand in it for this heavy thing of beer. <laughs> I can only get two fingers in there and have to try to <laughs> push it with my thumb there. Yeah, so he works at the whale wash, and his boss is a puffer fish played by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> <laughs> you need to picture this fish with yes. the bushiest eyebrows that's ever. The, that's the. I think that's the upsetting thing about this movie too is they make all the characters look like their voice yeah. actor, and so the Martin Scorsese pufferfish got big eyebrows. <laughs> the Robert De Niro sharks got the Robert De Niro His mole. mole yep. <laughs> Will, Will Smith, Smith has kind of his weird head. They yeah, they kind of try to give him his head and like kind of I don't know if he has ears on it, but like they kind of try to give him. Like like Will Smith's face, and it, it just it, it feels weird. It pushes you further into the uncanny valley valley because yeah. you know who the actors are. Yeah, because like the like the Renee Zellweger one, they try to make her face a little more a little squished, squished yep. if you will. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna use the same word. <laughs> the Angelina Jolie one, they give her big lips, yep. you know, because that's what she was really known for you know, at the time. Uh, yeah, it, it's a it's a strange it's a strange little movie. I don't know why I don't know why it exists, but but yeah. So Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> we get through why, it. I don't know why now. Just describing it is so absurd. Because you're having to talk it out loud, yeah, and try to explain it to people. So he were he works for Martin Scorsese Fish. <laughs> Martin Scorsese Fish. He there's a scene with him and <laughs> Robert De Niro Shark. <laughs> <laughs> And well, because in this world where like there's businesses still sharks eat fish and like they're not allowed in like the fish city because all the fish hide when sharks come around. But like they they all have like their own independent industries. It's really hard to tell because like so because the because Martin Scorsese puffer fish he like owes money or uh, I think he works De Niro, for De Niro shark wants protection money. Well, like now, because he pisses him off by saying yeah. some shit about 
his son, Jack Blackshark. Yeah. And so then De Niro's like, you don't work for me anymore. You now owe me protection money or else. Okay. So, whatever. It's pretty much like an episode of The Sopranos. It, well, it is. It's, it's yeah. I, well, it's like the opening of Godfather, you know, of, of people coming to him for yeah. favors and if they can get him. And, and so... <laughs> So then Martin Scorsese fish. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Martin Scorsese fish never stops being funny. Whew. Uh, he then is at his whale wash because he owns the whale wash. And then he's he now he needs protection money. So he then he just immediately goes to Will Smith. He's like, hey, you owe me. Yeah, you now owe me the 5,000 clams. clams. Okay, 5,000 yeah. clams. Get it? That's a that's a slang for money, but this world is actual clams. But he's like, you owe me that five thousand clams because now I I gotta pay shark protection money. And uh, then Will Smith fish talks to Renee Zellweger fish about, <laughs> and she gives him this old pearl. Yeah, that, that her grandmother had, gave her. That is like worth five thousand clams, like just like on the the dot, I guess. Um, and he catches that, but then instead of paying off his debt, he decides to bet it on the ponies, which are seahorses. Sea horses. Um, this brings me to the one joke in this movie I did like a lot, though, actually. Because he bets on the long shot horse, which starts really bad, and then that horse gets in the lead. And then as it's running in water, though, <laughs> then suddenly it trips and falls. And I love that as as Martin Scorsese fish is like freaking out that he, <laughs> that he lost, Will Smith just goes, Yo, that was crazy, right? Who knew? I mean, everything's set. It's a lock. We good to go. We in the money. And he trips underwater. Who in the hell of it trips underwater? And by the way, on what? That's it. That's it. I've had it. Just, just I, completely calls out just the movie. Calls out. I really loved that joke because then the way his delivery of it of just and on what? <laughs> but now he's in even deeper to Martin Scorsese fish. So Martin Scorsese fish decides to hand him over to his uh, his 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 muscle, which are two. Rastafarian jellyfish, jellyfish. Yeah. yeah, played by Ziggy Marley and Dougie Doug. Yeah, <laughs> which it was really nice. I actually, it was nice hearing Sanka from uh from Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings. Yeah, I actually really liked hearing Dougie Doug doing a Jamaican accent. Yeah. <laughs> um, those those two are are funny, but even that too, like their jokes, like one of them is about like a Bob Marley joke. I'm like, who is this movie for? Because at one point Will Smith tries to be like that. Don't worry about a thing. And then Ziggy Marley's like, "That's not how you sing it." And I'm like, "Kids aren't gonna know that that's Bob, Bob Marley's Marley, son. Right. Like, no one's gonna know that. No, even most adults. Most adults, they're not gonna hear that and be like, well, that's definitely Ziggy and Marley.' Such a weird deep cut. Yeah, to and at that point, movie. you've had no credits to know that Ziggy Marley's even in the fucking movie. <laughs> you have no idea. That that's that's a reference to his dad. Fellas, I'm gonna go ahead over there, but uh, don't worry about it. Every little thing gonna be alright. That's not the way you sing that song, man. This also too. This jumps ahead a little bit. This is the second movie we've watched this Sharktoberfest that references Mac the Knife. Did you notice? So remember the song at the end of Bait that does the, you know, yes. the, the shark has my teeth, my dear. 
Scorsese sings that as he's going down an elevator referencing the song Mac the Knife that really? that's a remake of. So we've had, because he says something, he's like, you know, the shark has teeth, my dear. And the elevator closes and goes down. In one Sharktoberfest. Two Mac the Knife references. But then, so basically, so Robert De Niro shark, and his, he's disappointed in his son, Jack Black shark, because Jack Black shark doesn't want to eat fish. No, he's a vegetarian. He's a vegetarian, yeah. Which is revealed later he's a vegetarian, but he doesn't want to kill fish. Um, he, like, demands it. Kill a, he even tries to get him to like eat a shrimp in front of him, and then the shrimp gives the longest speech about like his life and his limbless child that he adopted from his dead friend. And I'm like, this scene is going on for so long of this shrimp telling this horrible story. Again, kids don't. Again, care. who is this for? Yeah. What kid is going to be like? Oh no, a limbless orphan <laughs> who needs to be taken care of, and they're about to eat his dad. Okay. <sighs> Yeah. One of the other sharks later is voiced by Peter Falk. You know, Columbo. <laughs> kid's favorite show. <laughs> and then, uh, so Michael Imperioli Shark, who's Jack Black Shark's brother, they go uh, out. Or Christopher, Christopher from The Sopranos. Christopher Moltisanti. They're just out swimming for fish, right? Yeah, because like, Jack Black Shark's supposed to. He just. He's supposed to eat his, a fish. His, his job is to go out and eat something. Yes. And they find Will Smith fish tied up because the the Rastafarian uh, uh, jellyfish. jellyfish tied him up there and were beating him up. And then the sharks show up, so they leave. Then as Michael Imperioli fish is about to eat him, an anchor falls on his head and kills him in the kids' movie. He dies and has a, a, a last dying breath to his brother, Jack Black Shark, and he dies there. And then Jack Black Shark runs away, and then Will Smith fish is there, and then the the jellyfish think that he killed the shark. So now a legend gets born from Will Smith and spreads out the city. He is the Shark Slayer. Yes. Which was the original title of the it movie. It was, yeah. And they changed it, which was smart. That's a terrible name for a kid's movie. But also, this premise was not a great... No. <laughs> and the thing, too, we didn't mention about yes. Will Fish. Will Fish. Will Fish. I'm, I'm, fine. I'm fine with Will Fish. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I love this the most delirious we are and probably the most sober we've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> One of these. Anyway, Willfish. He's been he's he's chasing fame the fr- the too. Fr- the fresh fish. <laughs> <laughs> The fresh fish of Bel Air. <laughs> He's chasing fame too. Is another thing. Yeah, it starts. His first introduction to him is like doing like an episode of Cribs in front of a billboard, which yeah. is maybe the saddest thing I could ever think of. <laughs> of him pretending he li- to no one because the kids are like, "You don't live there," and he's like, "Oh, come on, it's a fantasy." I'm like, "Were you just doing that for yourself? He was. That was for him out loud. That's terrifying." Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he he really he. He sees himself as bigger than he is. He wants to be a big deal. And he always loved the whale wash because his dad worked there. Until. But then he talked about it in school and then everyone made fun of him because his, in his, like, fish, in his fishman year of high school. Um. <laughs> he couldn't even look at me when he said that. <laughs> I was so ashamed. <laughs> 
Yeah, he was in school and then like was excited about his dad, uh, his job, and then it was like show and tell day, and then the kids were like, haha, his dad's a whale scrubber. And I'm like, man, even under the sea, like custodial work is <laughs> still frowned upon. <laughs> frowned okay. Frowned upon. Jeez, all right. Um, even though most fish are like <laughs> bottom feeders. <laughs> all right. Um, and I guess the type of fish he is, I forget what it's called. It's like a yellow stripe something, but they are a, a scrubbing fish. They're a bottom feeder oh, okay. fish. So. There's that. That's something. <laughs> it was his destiny. There's, there's a thing. Um, yeah, and then so then it gets built up that he's this shark slayer. Everyone, it's like he's immediately famous. He just gets a penthouse apartment. And then he gets like endorsement deals. I like one that he does. There's an ad that he's on that for, for O-Mints. And then he's holding it in like the little tubes. It's very clearly a play on Mentos, but it's just O-Mints. <laughs> not even a good pun but it's okay. not even a good pun it took me a second to catch i'm like oh mints and, and then it looked like it was a tube i'm like oh they just flipped instead of mentos oh mints <laughs> and then uh he runs into jack black shark again because oh because jack black shark is hiding out because of what happened or whatever yeah he doesn't want to go home and and then just decides to be friends with will smith and then they set up a fake fight in in fish times square yes and to further his star yeah to further his legend and to i think to then fake to fake the death of yeah lenny i think someone Jack spotted lenny yes and he wants to he wants to not be a shark anymore so he they fake his death and then he decides, it, uh, identifies as a dolphin though <laughs> yeah he colors it's interesting you worded it that way too because this was a movie that was protested by the American Family League or something. Let me bring it up. Uh, the American Family Association. American Family Association because uh, they they uh, condemned this movie because they believed it was promoting accepting gay people. Yes. Well, there's obviously a direct correlation between vegetarianism. I know. Their whole reason and is homosexuality. because... The whole reason is because he's a shark who's a vegetarian... And wants to be accepted for who he is. And so they were just like, this movie's evil because it promotes being okay with gay people. I'm like, <sighs> but yeah, it, it was funny that I just saw that. And I'm like, really? And it's like, just, and even in the description just says like, because he's a vegetarian. And I'm like, Jesus. I'm like, this wasn't that long ago. And we were still just in the like, well, if he's vegetarian, it's about being gay. And it's like, no, there was still well, vegetarians. Uh, this movie apparently ruffled a lot of feathers. Yeah. As in the oh, anti-Italian yes. defamation, the the Italian anti-defamation defamation is what you're trying to say. Yeah. Uh, yes, they did not care for just the. I mean, the blatant with a hey, with the with the shock mafia. But do you think these same people sat down every week for The Sopranos? Probably. It's 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 hard to tell with with that one. I, I think people people are fine with it if it's done well. And I know some of some of those groups have been angry at like mafia movies too for perpetuating that stereotype and whatever but this one is just like the sharks just say capiche a yeah. lot <laughs> <laughs> you know like i i understand i understand it he's getting around your thing the other day at the restaurant you know how fish talk bitty bit bitty bop this that the other then how you doing boom oh. get about it you're dead okay seriously I can't understand wise guy, so you'll have to be more specific. Oh, specific? You want specific? Be a shark for once in your life. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Oh, 
Lenny, forget about it, okay? We do a couple of practice runs. Bada bing, bada boom, pops happy. You're a shark. Life goes on. Abish. Then after that, they just... Oh, then here's here again where I'm just like... At this point, I'm like, who is this movie for? Because the climax is then uh, Robert De Niro's shark uh, arranging a sit-down. You know, like in mafia movies where they'd have the sit-down and all the heads of the families would come together. It's that with then Will Smith, Will Fish, and the other heads of the the shark families because there's hammerheads. There's even killer whales there. Yeah. And they're all... Which I love, too. So the uh, speaking of the Italian Anti-Defamation League... Um, there's the the one fish that's voiced by Peter Falk, and his name is uh, Don Feinberg. Originally, his name was Don Brizzi, but then they were already getting heat from the Anti Defamation League, so they changed it. I'm like, cool. So you just made him Jewish, right? <laughs> yeah, you think cool. So you're trying to piss off one wow. more and group? I just, I just noticed see they kept calling him Don Don Feinberg, and you know, you might get mad at me for noticing this, but uh, he had a much more bulbous snout than the other ones. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was I'm like that was a weird move of like, hey, it's Don Feinberg. I guess 04 was kind of a weird time though too. Well, yeah, yeah, this was. I think th- people thought they could get away with a little more. Well, this is this is kind of yeah. We're still dealing with some of the prejudices from like the 90s, you know, because we've talked about before too, where it's like if you watch like because Jess loves Friends and I don't hate the show Friends and it's like she rewatches it like so much of that is like we're not gay, you know, what I mean, so yeah. much of it is like the gay panic stuff. At that time, and then you know, in the two thousands, you're still dealing with some. Because even in this movie too, like I'm surprised no one was mad about like the the Rastafarian fish who just say like respect man yeah. a lot. But like no one had a problem with that. It seemed I don't know. I it, yeah, this this is kind of it's, it pre- is su- it's surprising how few groups they did piss off. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of pre woke culture, if yeah. you will, and and I I don't want to sound like those guys like woke stuff cancel. I'm not one of those guys. It's just a. It's interesting. We just weren't talking about those things yet. I think is it, what a big part yeah. of it was. It was still like, like skirted under the rug a bit somehow. Yeah. You know. No, no, no. I feel you, and that's why. I'd like, so it's it's interesting that they they got the heat for that and especially yeah you're right because at that time like the sopranos was like the most popular show in television it was like the most game-changing show in tv at the time which is about new jersey italian mafia you know mafiosos and <laughs> and it was like the fucking thing because that would what that came out in oh two maybe a little earlier God, maybe even earlier but it was it was on at that time i know and it was like still this is still like right before the golden age of television quote unquote because you wouldn't get Breaking Bad until 06, 07. 99. 99 it premiered. Yeah. I know they had little breaks in there, but too. Yo, so it was definitely could. in 04 was at its height. Oh, for then. sure. For yeah. sure. Like, it was it was like the... It, it was still, like, changing TV at that time. Because you didn't get the new hit dramas till a couple of years after that. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's just funny that this conversation was happening at that time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird, and I love too that that like yeah that that Christian right wing shithead group is all mad about a vegetarian <laughs> a vegetarian shark. wanting to be accepted for being a vegetarian. That's like all right. Um, so yeah, they have the sit down, and then there's a chase, but then just the, there's a speech about hey, accept your accept your vegetarian son, and then they do, and then the movie's over. And then and yeah. now Will Smith, Will Fish owns the car, the whale wash. Yeah, I noticed that too. It's funny that Scorsese Fish was just like, 
here's half my business. Yeah. He didn't have to. No. Like, he was acting as his manager for a bit. Yeah. But then, he had no you know, reason to just be like, hey, do you want to like, just own this business with me? Like, why? Like everyone found out you were lying? Yeah. Could have just, yeah, still just been an employee there. Yeah. I don't know. And then it ends with a dancing montage. They do that that remake of Car Wash, you know, that that 70s song that kids loved um, with Christina Aguilera. And two fish pop out named Christina and Missy. <laughs> and they're Christina Aguilera and Missy Elliott. I don't even think they did voice tracks for it. I think that was just them, their the vocals yeah. <laughs> from the song that they re-recorded. And then and then yeah, it's just uh, it's just over. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's just it's just over after that. So um I don't know. That's Shark Tale? Yeah. That that is. That is Do we have anything else we have to say? I guess we didn't give our, our little like flash review. Do we have any thoughts just about like I don't know. No, again, like I said, like the main thing is who the fuck is this for? That's like the, you've said a hundred times. The big question over it is just like, because I, I don't even feel like, like I can't even recommend it to like kids. No, because it's not. I don't even think kids will like this. And the thing that I feel about it, it's not like a morality tale like most cartoons. Yeah. Because everyone's shitheads. Yeah. And he just, he gets away with all of his lies. Yeah. And then he ends up owning half a car wash. Yeah. Well, so if anything, this is a an accurate depiction of capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lie and screw over who you have to till you get to the top, baby. Eventually, you'll own half of a car wash. Exactly. <laughs> well, it, I guess we left out too the I guess the the, ro- the romantic subplot where he works with Ren- Renee Zellweger Fish, and she she loves him, but he doesn't love her back, and he just like you're my best friend. And then once he gets rich, then Angelina Jolie Fish loves him and then he eventually breaks up with her because Renee Zellweger fish stops loving him and then she's the one who like rats him out to the mob at the end it's like there's this weird like love triangle that I'm like I don't think kids are gonna get much out of this I don't know no they don't care like I guess I don't know there's probably other movies that have done that similar I, I think it just felt weird in the middle of all this too of being like this love triangle is like pretty subtle and not straightforward and <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Again, again, just my overall my my question about it and I think it's my review is just who is this for? Who is this for? Why'd you make it? What am I supposed to get out of it? I don't know cuz it's it's not it's not bad. I wasn't like mad at it. No. It that's the thing. No. But I wasn't like cuz even the, some by of it the stupid puns you're kind of like all right, all right, I'll give you that. I'm going to give you that one. Like I got it. Yeah, but like I wasn't like do you remember in the beginning, there's the, sh- the sushi shop where the dude's sitting there bored by himself? That was funny because it does this montage of the city and then it shows a sushi shop and then it cuts inside and then he's very angry that no one is yeah. there at a sushi shop. And it's like, which was like funny, but I'm also like, how have like the fish police not arrested this <laughs> right. man for, for, his <laughs> for cannibalism? cannibalistic ways? Yeah. <laughs> Why is he allowed in the city, but the sharks aren't? I don't get this at all. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's I I would be interested to hear from somebody who like watched this with their kids. Yeah, I guess we almost I should we know. have Luke watch it. Yeah, maybe I I should. Yeah, should I make my nephew watch this? And yeah, be like what did what did this do for you? Did this yeah. do anything for you, bud? <laughs> we'll, we'll get Mickey on the podcast. Yeah, it'll, it'll be one of our next guests. Yeah. We'll re we'll do a rewatch of Shark Tale. So this is a, this is do anything for you, little man or. 
No, it just you were you didn't get the references because they're they're fifteen years old now. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> oh, you don't love Katie Couric? <laughs> All right, fair enough. So I guess I don't even do, like. Yeah, I guess I don't. Know. Do we do we even need to recommend this one? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Recommendation pending. Once we find out who this is for. Yeah. Give us some time. Because <laughs> it doesn't like suck. I I I thought it was gonna be worse. I did too. Thought it was gonna be worse. It's like you know. It's it's um. You know. I don't know. It's, it's competent. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I, I feel like I feel like this would have been a better movie had you actually done like a like a PG thirteen comedy with these actors as themselves, not as fish. You know what I mean? Do a movie do a goofy comedy like this of someone they owe money, they want to be bigger than they are. Yeah. Cause I started thinking about I'm like I'm like, what if this was just set in on land with humans? I'm like, that could actually be a fun little movie of like, oh, this guy gets this rep in like the criminal underworld of killing like a mafia boss, but he didn't. Yeah. That's kind and of a to, fun and, movie, right? And to make a comedy out of it. Yeah. To make a comedy and it's, you know, live action. You can easily do it as like a PG 13 kind of comedy starring these people. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's kind of a fun idea. Once I put it in like people terms, I'm like, oh, that's kind of a funny idea of like, oh, now this like he's wanted by the mafia. It is really weird. I, I feel like this movie got written for people. Yeah. And they're like, well, we need a fish cartoon. And he's like, well, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I it's, don't know. I, I don't know how it came to be. Um, well, okay. I think we're we're out of things to talk about oh, with I, Shark Tale. Oh, no, you I have some? one quick thing in the, in the uh, trivia. Yeah. Well, I looked through the trivia. Most of it was just like, here are the thousand people who almost got cast in the movie. <laughs> well, there's one that is, and I want to talk about okay. it. It's uh, Anthony Anderson. Did you read his? Oh, I did. He... He was cast as a sperm, sperm whale, whale, but his role was suggestive dialogue, so he got cut. I want these lines. <laughs> I also, need to know. So again, who is this made for? Because clearly there was a bunch of cum jokes. Yeah. They had to <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, whew. yeah. I don't know. That's what, I will say on the voice acting, I want to give this as credit. I, I think Scorsese Fish is actually great. I think Scorsese does a great job. I like Scorsese Fish. He's actually an, he's an underrated actor, and he's actually I would actually love for him to do more voiceover work because he's actually really great as a voice actor in this. Um, I think and De Niro is actually pretty good too. For even this is when you start getting that era of De Niro kind of phoning it in, and even in this, I'm like he's not. He's playing the character. Yeah, it's, a, it's good voiceover work. And, and you can tell, too, and I read in the trivia, because I, I thought, too, that at a point, I'm like, they must have recorded De Niro and Scorsese together. Because the moment where Scorsese keeps cutting him off and De Niro's like, okay, stop. He's like, that's all right. And they had these, like, back and forth. I'm like, that felt improv not scripted. And yeah. they did. They recorded okay. certain groups together. De Niro and Scorsese were were one of the duos that they recorded their dialogue together. Well, I feel like that helps the movie, too, with it, those two especially. Yes, those two especially. And they know each other so well, and and especially, like, De Niro is much more deliberate in how he talks. Scorsese is so all over the place and so excited. And so, like, so that actually made for a great combo. And I noticed in, like, a couple of their scenes together, I'm like, they're, I'm like no, they're, they're interrupting each other, and it feels improvised. Yeah. Now, you and me, we worked together a long, long, long time. <laughs> Please, Don Leto. It's hardly been like Let work. Let me finish. <laughs> and you and know, I love that about let you. Let me finish. 
that I've lived my life for my sons, raising them and protecting them. You're the best. He's the best, right? Them. Am I right or am I wrong? Thanks. Huh? Am I right? It's all been to right? prepare to prepare them. Sorry. Yeah, it's all right. For the day they run the reef. Biggest disappointment for me in this yes. movie yes, 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 is yes. we did not get a Will Smith rap. No, and it even, we've talked about this. it. Even ends with uh, with a, a a dance out and yeah, like you know a, original song, and they didn't get that. Is you're right. That's like an if, oversight. Like if there is a movie to have Will Smith do a rap in, this is it, dude. No, and good point because that that remake of Car Wash with Christina Aguilera and Missy Elliott because Missy Elliott's rap track mentions like fish and shark and stuff, so clearly it was made for this movie. And listen, I am not. I love Missy Elliott. Miss Yellett shit holds up for me. But why not have Will Smith do the rap verse on that? At least get him in the mix. Because think about, well, think about how popular of a song that'd be. Will Smith and Christina Aguilera. Well, wasn't this not like, it was right after the time of Will Smith rap. This is this is a couple years after Wild Wild West. Because Wild Wild West would have been 99, 2000, yeah, something like that. That's what, what I mean. Because like, Men in Black was 97. Yeah, I don't know. We're right on the heels of his big rap movie combo thing. I, we've already talked about this. I want him to just do... I want oh, every <laughs> Will Smith movie... I would love most movies just end with a Will Smith rap, even if he's not in it. <laughs> but I would love a Will Smith movie to just end with, you know, here, I'm going to tell you about the plot of the movie, you know? Th- yeah. No, that's a really good point. I didn't think about it. That's a really good point. This is the well, perfect also, okay. reason to have Will Smith rap. All right. So this movie is a, it's a giant pun. How do you not have him rap... The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air song. Fresh Fish? We already talked about it earlier in the episode. Yeah. And it's outdated. Kids wouldn't get it. (laughs) Either way. It's perfect for this movie. (laughs) Really young kids going to see Shark Tale, they'd be like, I don't really get what's happening. Uh, I don't know. That was my big disappointment. Uh, Fish is the story. All about That's all I had. My life got fish turned upside down. <laughs> Just have to word fish. Fishadelphia. Yo! <laughs> Spawned and raised. <laughs> Out on the coral grounds uh, where I spent most of my days. Started making bubbles in the neighborhood. <laughs> Oh goodness! Uh, well, I think that that's Shark Tale. Yeah, right? we gotta end, we gotta end there. <laughs> right, let's end there. Uh, we do we have anything next? Uh, I got a little bit, a little bit. All right, cool. Well, we'll be right back after this. <laughs> What do we got? What do we got for our, our last little segment here? I did just a little bit of research okay. on symbiotic relationships with sharks and fish. Oh. Good job, right? That's a good topic. For I this. wanted to look more up on whales. There's yes. just not a lot. You would think there'd be more. I don't think they do a lot of. They don't symbiotic relationships. The, the they one don't. I kept seeing was the humpback whale and barnacles, and they're like the barnacles really don't benefit the whales. And I was like, well, no, they don't. Well, they're cool. Just, they just attach to them, and I think barn- like whales have to like rub on shit to get them off. Yeah, because they just then they just eat the krill. Yeah. But, but sharks, you, you see that a lot. You see it in yes. footage where sharks always have like fish around them and they have those. There's I found three examples. Yeah, they have a certain type of fish. Um, So the remora fish is a big one. Yes, that's the one I, I know of. That's Those are the long ones, right? Yeah, because yeah, they you... measure between one and three feet long. A really fun thing I found is their front dorsal fin has evolved into kind of a suction cup that helps them hook onto the shark and stay with them. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Well, because everyone sees those. Those are the ones that people tend to think are like baby sharks, but they're not. They're yeah, they're just they're fish that are because what do they clean the bodies of the shark or what do they do? Yeah, um, is it, it's like birds and rhinos. Yeah, they also feed off of the parasites of the shark's skin. Yep, and then they pick up kind of the remnants too. Oh, of what the sharks, uh, sharks eat. have eaten, which helps clean the water too around them. Oh, okay. that's one thing that these all these fish kind of do. Yeah, because you see them around the sharks, and the sharks never give a shit about them. So it's clearly like yes. a, a true symbiotic relationship. Almost. Oh, okay. Almost. Well, most shark species appreciate remoras. Not all are happy with them. Oh, okay. Uh, sandbar and lemon sharks have been known to get aggressive and sometimes eat them. Ooh, okay. Now, are those smaller sharks? Though? Aren't lemon they sharks are. a little bit smaller? They are. So that's more like that's a good juicy piece of prey for them. Whereas, like for a larger shark, a uh, remora wouldn't be that probably, big of a yeah, deal. Whatever. So that's yeah. probably why, but. Yeah. yeah, so that was kind of fun. Interesting. Okay, yeah, because so it's, it's hard to not see footage of like, especially when they show wildlife footage. There's, oh, there's usually always yeah. some sort of fish underneath. Yeah, especially like the the you know when they show like um, when we watch stuff where they have like bull sharks or like thresher sharks or the 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 makos whatever they usually have then those little guys attached to them, especially the ones that are in populated areas where there's a lot of feeding. Those little fish tend to be hanging on their underside. Yep, a little bit. Yep, that, you, that's probably going to be the the one the remora. You don't see them with great whites though much. But I wonder if that's because the great whites they'll breach to feed. I I did have one that you see a lot with the great whites. Perfect. Yes. Look at this. Look at me accidentally teeing you. You're up. Walking right into this. I'm going to start first though with the pilot fish. Okay. Oh, I've um, heard of these. Yes. Yeah, it's striped fish can often be seen swimming below a shark, so those are the ones you see swimming below them. Yes, yes. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're like white and black striped, right? Or like yeah. white and blue striped? Yep. Yep. So they're the ones that uh, clean the shark skins. They get all the parasites okay. off. Okay. Yep. Um, and then as in return, the sharks will be their bodyguards. Yeah. No one's going to fuck with you if you got a shark. Right? <laughs> yeah. So the, if you got a shark on your head, you're not. Yeah. <laughs> like, so you're they not have a very, very symbiotic relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then there is. The cleaner, I'm going to try this. You're going to help me with it. Perfect. Rasis, Rasis. Spell it for me. W-R-A-S-S-E-S. I mean, Rasis or, or Rasis is probably the, the best guess I have. So. Okay, perfect. So they're the best known cleaner fish. Well, Rasis. Um, <laughs> they're the best known cleaner fish? Yes. Um. With the larger predatory fish. So they are the ones that you're typically going to see with your great whites. Oh, okay. And they're brave enough to actually go in the mouths. Wow. Yes. Bold. Yes. <laughs> and the, the great whites let them? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. But I suppose, yeah, if they're, if they're little, that's not much of a meal to a great white. So it's like, because they're hunting for seals and shit. Right. And like sea so turtles they're like, and whatever. whatever. They're like, clean my teeth. They're like yeah. the, they're the toothpicks of the ocean. Oh, they go toothpick fish, <laughs> toothfish. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, the, the the way to think about, you know, I think most people listening to this are are you know grown ups. Um, but like a symbiotic, I, I would I would hope so. Yeah, but are like a symbiotic relationship are two animals that benefit from each other, and that's why I said like two like birds with rhinos. They ride on like rhinos' backs or like elephants, and they pick like the mites and stuff off of them, and then also like. The bird's like, cool, I can just chill here on this very large animal no one, <laughs> that no one's going to fuck no one's with gonna for fuck a while. Me. Yes, exactly. Like, so, and, and you see that a lot. And I, I every time I've watched um, shark stuff with somebody, they're always like, are those baby sharks? I'm like, no, those are those are just kind of 
cleaner fish or whatever. Exactly, yeah. And that because usually because baby sharks, you can tell they look like small sharks. They do because they. I think at our research we saw that the gestation period is really long, really long. So they come out pretty fully formed. Yes. Like they look like little sharks. Exactly. Whereas these little, uh, you know, these cleaner fish, these symbiotic fish, they tend to be a lot of them. Well, like the I think it's the the pilot fish. They're longer, right? Or that's the oh, that was the first one we talked about. The remora. The remora. Yeah. Yep. Those those are kind of one longer. to three feet. So they're yeah. Longer. Yep. Yeah. So they're they they almost they look like almost like a, a an eel. Kind of, they do but, kind of, but yeah, the way they move, yeah, yeah, they kind of have very that skinny, yeah. very very snake like almost, but they have the the fins and stuff, so they are a fish and yep. they're not an eel, and their dorsal is kind of the sucker, so they're the ones that you'll see hanging on the bottom of sharks. Their dorsal's a sucker, yeah, interesting, right? Isn't that it evolved that way? So they evolved to be a symbiotic. That's interesting because a lot of cleaner fish, where it's like their their fronts kind of turn, like their mouth kind of turns right. like a sucker, but this is their their back, yeah, turn into a sucker. Wow. Huh. And they just hang on there like one of those little suction cup Garfields. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Okay. No, I like that. That was Dustin. That was a really good topic for this episode. I was wondering what you were going to have. I was racking the brain. I was like, I got to think of something. This is really good of sim because in listen, Will Fish and Jack Black Shark have a symbiotic relationship in this movie. Yes. And I thought of the whale wash as well the whale wash too yeah but i'm, I'm thinking of those two because you know one wanted to disappear one wanted to continue his reign as the shark slayer i didn't even think of that so symbiotic just, relationship you got another one nice <laughs> a little a little cleaner fish and a shark yeah teaming up see very nice i guess do we have anything else we need to cover this kind of this kind of a brisk one yeah not bad um well i, I guess well we just talked about shark shark tail like this wasn't that long of a third section here so uh you remember our thoughts on that watch it with your kid and ask them hey this do anything for you <laughs> i recommend it to parents i reckon i truly recommend it to parents because i just want to know does this do anything for kids yeah just email us please yeah nielsen and pixley at gmail.com yeah send us that let uh, us know yeah let us know if you're <laughs> what reaction are you getting <laughs> I'm beyond curious. Yeah, I'm really curious if kids like this. I didn't hate it. But then like also the references were me just being like, uh you know what I mean? It's oh, like every three seconds like, you're like, Yeah, I get that. It's kind of it, it's like the um like the all the spin-offs from like the scary movie franchise, like epic movie and superhero movie. Right. Where it's like, here's Paris Hilton, that's hot, and then the Hulk lands on her. And I'm like, who is this for? Because this is even too dumb for kids, but they're not always going to get all the references of pop culture that are being said in these movies. And it's like, who who are these for? Yeah, the scary movie franchise, after the second one, really got kind of in a weird place. Wait, because then it was just a brand that they were just perpetuating, yeah. but it just turned into that stuff of just like, here's just... here's just, But then, yeah, the spoof movie became... Here's the joke of a thing you recognize. It's not a joke, though. It's just saying, like, it's funny if you... I remember someone... It was like on the radio I heard it where they said if you go to like superhero movie or epic movie and look up like memorable quotes, all the memorable quotes are like, I am Iron Man gets crushed by a cow. <laughs> I guess. So I I picture it. It's for the people. They're in the theater. They see the joke. They look at each other. They nod and they go back to the movie. <laughs> like I recognize that. <laughs> yeah. And then you just stare ahead. Yeah. Just dead eyed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right after just. <laughs> 
No not. laughter. I bet those movies are just silent. It's just people's heads turning and because uh, uh-huh. of the thing. And then at the end of the movie, just everyone's nose is bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just for some reason. Yeah, this this falls into that category of like of like like I understand you think you're making a specific thing, but who is it for? Who is this for? Yeah, and why? And why? Why is it for? Yeah. Like <laughs> what happened? Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It's it, it's interesting cuz yeah, this movie watching I'm like I'm like I don't hate this movie. Yeah. But it's not a kids movie. It's not a grown-ups movie. I don't know. And the thing is, I mean it's it, not a preteen movie. They're not going to fucking like this. It's a big movie, so it took a lot of moving parts to get it made. A lot of money. I think the the it was like 45 million that the the budget was, which I mean with that cast too. Yeah, that's going to eat a it. decent chunk. No. 75 million dollars and 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 at this time too especially cgi movies like that they were fucking expensive they took years to make yeah um they even they were behind production of finding nemo even though they were doing it concurrently and then they even postponed their uh release because incredibles came out which good fucking move because you would have got slaughtered by incredibles because incredibles is incredible. That's yeah. a very, very, very good movie. This is this is in Pixar's like fucking hot zone. Oh, they were just they couldn't you, they couldn't miss at this. You point. had because you had the first two Toy Stories. You had then, but it, right in the especially in the early two thousands, you had Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, uh, The Incredibles, uh, Bugs Life, Wall-E. Oh Up. no, yeah they they could do no wrong. You, at this they point. had they had this fucking hot streak for like six years of where they had a movie ever out, out every summer that was great yeah <laughs> i mean cars is fine but was a huge merchandise movie for them that's why they made three of those do you know that no it wasn't the well, most that po- makes sense that's, that's it a- wasn't the most popular of the pixar movies but it sold the most merch well that's that's cartoons of the 90s though yeah 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 for sure well anyway uh well that's shark tale uh galena brewing company oktoberfest dustin thoughts yeah. Pretty good, right? Wonderful. No, it was delicious. I really, I really, really enjoyed good. it. It's yeah. good. It's 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 nice and it's light, but it's flavorful. Yeah. I it's it's no. A, I really enjoyed it. The flavor came all the way through the whole beer. Mm-hmm. Didn't fall flat anywhere. It was good. I really liked it. Very yeah. impressed for a small brewery. Very impressed. And I, if you find yourself there, going in, I had a pleasant experience uh, drinking and dining there. The guy we had waiting on us was was, was a really nice guy. Um. So the people in Galena, pretty nice. They are. So good town. Fun town. Yeah. Uh, well, that I. Well, that's it. I think that's it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what else we can I say. We're done. We're usually trying to find a bunch of other shit to talk about. We don't really need it this time. Um, all right. Well, we got one more episode left of week two, and it's. Um, do I need to tease the movie? We're gonna. It's. It's. Uh. It's. This movie will give you swamp ass. Sure, sure. The, yeah, no. Hey, you know this week starts and ends with like swamp sharks. There's kind of swamp sharks in both because we did Shark and Saw on Monday. You're right. And this one, unplanned, unplanned. We didn't plan that. Um, we didn't mean to yeah. give you swamp ass twice yeah. this week. Yeah, and I'll say this: uh, one of the stars, he's uh, he's up a creek without a paddle. Ooh, but it's not someone from the movie without a paddle. <laughs> Uh, if you solve that puzzle email us <laughs> we just want emails can you tell <laughs> all right that is gonna do it for this edition of sharktoberfest for dustin pixley i'm logan nielsen and as always 
Wer fährt unter Wasser und wonach? Thanks for listening. Bye! Bye.